All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. Yes, because you're the intern, you grabbing food today. Yes, that's what you're doing. See, she is working. With El Stias. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I like the exuberance, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, there was an incident, man, this was a few years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, With your football camp. It would have been your last football camp that you did here in Charlotte, right? Was that the no, last one? No, it wasn't one? my last Second one. Second to last one? It was one of One of them. One of them. I know it was yeah. a few years ago. Um <laughs> you got to tell it though, oh, but okay. just in terms of we, we certain talking. beverage and yeah. what happened with some of the kids, it's just a funny story, so, man. So, let, so I used to do football camps yeah. here in Charlotte, and then also uh, you'll hear too as we go down. Um, I've done football camps um, on military bases as yep. well. I've done yeah. it in, in um, Camp Humphreys, which is overseas. Uh, we did overseas. overseas. It's a Camp Humphreys is actually uh, several miles away from. The demilitarized zone near South Korea, mm-hmm. right? So I, I've uh, I've been to Hawaii, uh, Germany, Frankfurt, Frankfurt, Germany. Germany. Yep. So I've 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 had the honor to serve the military's kids all over. But so I do. I, I but I always had a camp for about nine or ten, uh, almost ten years here in Charlotte yep. that I was doing. And so we had a lot of different sponsors that would come mm-hmm. on board. Mm-hmm. And so one of our sponsors. Uh, for the for our camp was Sunny Delight. Yep. Now, if anybody has ever Be- been in the South, sponsor. yeah, beverage sponsor. Mm-hmm. So, if anybody's been in the South of North Carolina Ooh. in July, Ooh, it's, it's hot as 
fish grease. Right. And when I say fish grease, oh, you, is can, you can put, put some, some tilapia out there. Yeah. Put, put some tilapia. Drop that tilapia in there from up. about a hundred yeah. yards. And she watch fry. Oh, that's gonna that fry. grease gonna be all over. So anyway, so we're out there, and it's probably ninety-five degrees with ninety uh, percent humidity. So it's, it's equivalent to about a hundred and two degrees. Hot. You're so hot on the pavement, you can see the, the heat. The, the heat rising. On the, just going on the top of the uh, asphalt. So we're out here, about 200 plus kids. And so we have a water break. Not a regular water break. We have a Sunny D. We are providing Sunny D light to the children. And let me tell you what happened <laughs> with Sunny D. Man, Sunny D was snipering these kids left <laughs> and right. Now why? What, why? Why, is that? why I was saying, do you why say is that? that? Why is that? Because Sunny D is not real orange juice. No, it's not. Sunny D has less. Th- I, I think it has ten percent orange juice. The re- the it's 90, an orange drink. The ninety percent of the other juice is stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's and drink. that's it. Ain't a, it's not a drink or juice. It's yes. just drink. It's a drink. <laughs> and we all know what happens when you drink too much drink. <laughs> 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 that heat got to bubbling. <laughs> These kids were, they weren't passing out. Yeah. You know how they were losing in the football camp? We were losing the kids by vomit. These kids, so these, were, these kids were running routes curling, <laughs> and just falling out. We had about 20 kids that just 20 stopped. Now, you got to imagine when a kid stopped because yeah. he got bubble guts. Yeah. I think I got it. <laughs> I don't feel so well. I don't feel so good. <laughs> I made an executive decision. No more Sunday day. I know Glad that you sponsored. Hey, I, I love the financial commitment. Right, right. I love the product commitment. But our kids out here hurting. But we got to get this Sunday day out of here. Uh, just so everybody, they, they weren't padded. It's just they t-shirts just and shorts. It was, just it was t-shirts touch. and shorts. Right, it's just touch. We were just having a good yeah. time. It's not full contact, nothing. No, it wasn't nothing like that. Yeah. I don't believe having full contact. The way you introduce kids on playing For sports sure. is you don't, you let them gradually acclimate mm-hmm. to getting hit. But you don't, t- you don't teach a little kid how to catch a football when he knows that the next Luke Keekley is playing get, middle yeah. linebacker on the field. It's really hard to keep a focus yep. on the ball when you're about to get your ribs broken. Yeah. Right? And, bro, we were losing kids. I'm talking about – so that literally the next day, it's a two-day two day camp, mm-hmm. a three-day camp. We literally the next day, I said, well, bro, we no took all the sunny days yeah. out. Because it, it was not providing hydration. Dog, they was dying. <laughs> We was losing kids left and right. I mean, yep. we had we lost twenty kids. Like twenty kids just did not show up the next day. Like Sunny D took out. You know how they talk about all oh, the turf monster. Yeah, the Sunny no, D sun, monster. That Sunny D monster jumped on their back. Real. It was awful. Get and over here. The sad part is, you know, I, I got to drink the product. Yeah, yeah. When I'm drinking that product. I start, and you know, it's you started hitting you too. <laughs> and I was start going. You hit this. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. That's the liquid Sloshing in your around, stomach. Yeah. It was. I bad was, business. I will hurt. <laughs> Sunny D, athletics, and mm, running around. Not a, not the best combo. Listen, Sunny D better not ever, 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 <laughs> ever show an athletic sport and drinking after. Quenching your thirst with some Sunny D, it'd be your last sport. <laughs> that's your last sport. <laughs> so that, that's the Sunny D story, but man, till this day, bro, 
It was bad. Even oh, my son, man. he was like, yeah, dad. Bad idea. When I saw Kevin, I was like, yeah, I got to stop drinking this Sunday because it was free. Yeah. So they gave us case. Case. Mm-hmm. Like we were giving, it was like 250 kids. Each kid got two Sunny Ds to take home. We had like 400 Sunny Ds, mm-hmm. but we dumped them. We no had to dump D. the product because it was killing the kids. It was killing them. So that'd be like give, I hate to say it, that'd be like giving kids Mexican food to go play sports. <laughs> like, bro, can you imagine? That's why you dropped that boy in this disc. Bro, bro, can you imagine running a post route after eating a bean burrito? <laughs> I don't really want to. Oh. No, that's probably you, you make that cut. It's gonna be the last cut. <laughs> don't let that quarterback lead you into a messy situation. <laughs> Oh, man, we might have to cut to it with our next guest, man. Yes, sir. Who do we have? Frank Kaminsky. First round pick from Charlotte Hornets, currently playing with the Phoenix Suns, uh, graduate of Wisconsin University, back-to-back Final Fours. He won the Naismith Award, the Wooden Award. Frank Kaminsky. You're going to take part in Get Iced Up. It is our own version of our icebreaker. They're random questions that we've selected. Smitty may or may not have a follow-up. He may have a follow-up. Have no idea. You uh, have not received n- these questions not prior. A, not a nan clue. Prior to this podcast, have you? No. No. Okay. I heard they were good, though. I heard they were good questions. Were good. All right, first one. Your first concert. Um, it was a Drake concert. Oh, Drake. Telling of his age. Okay. So you have an opportunity to fight a bear or 75 mini ducks. I think I'd rather go with fighting a bear. Fighting fighting 75 of anything is just difficult. Okay. Plus, I just got this image of seven-foot-tall Frank Kaminsky trying to fight ducks. How do you take your coffee? Black with a little bit of sugar. Mm. Favorite breakfast food. Favorite breakfast food, pancakes. All right. And then Marvel or DC? Uh, Marvel, without question. Although I think DC has DC has some good stuff, but Marvel's just top to bottom is way better. Hmm. Okay. No no argument on that one. Not DC's gonna... last few movies were trash. Justice League <clears throat> was absolute trash. So, Kaminsky. What nationality is Kaminsky? It's Polish. Kaminsky's Polish, but I've got everything. I'm like Irish, German, Polish, Serbian, Russian. I don't know. We we come when you live in Chicago, all families are kind of like that. A lot of European stuff. Down down with the swirl, Frank Kaminsky. So where did your family <laughs> how did your family get to Chicago then? So my dad's all four of his grandparents came from somewhere in Europe. Um, his dad's parents came from Poland and his mom's parents, his mom's dad came from Serbia and his mom's mom, I believe, I'm not quite positive where she came from. And then my mom's side of the family is all Ireland, pretty much. Why have you been considering playing for the Serbian national team? You know, obviously the opportunity has presented itself. I went and did the Basketball Without Borders trip for the NBA, which is, um, you know, you go overseas 
and, um, you know, basically run a camp for the top European players. Um, you know, a lot of the guys who are in the NBA have gone through that pipeline. Um, and it was in Serbia. And obviously I've been, I, I played in a Serbian basketball league growing up. A lot of people know I have Serbian roots. So um, kind of felt the pressure while I was over there, um, you know, considering I haven't played for Team USA or anything like that um, to potentially play for Serbia. So you said you played for a Serbian team when you were, when you were younger? Um, so there's a league in Chicago. It's called the Serbian National Federation. Uh -huh. um, it's in Chicago and Northwest Indiana primarily, but the tournaments are pretty much nationwide. Um, they're held in different places. Um, you know, every single year they pick a different place. It's It's been in so many different places. It's even been in Canada a couple times. Wow. Um, it's just one big weekend. Um, everybody plays for their uh, pretty much their church. Um, so my dad, you know, has been playing it, played in it for a really long time. It was a Serbian church league, <laughs> AAU? Yeah, weekend? essentially. Um, you know, and there's been a lot of good players that have played in it. A lot of guys that have played division one basketball. So, um, it was really good competition growing up. It's always fun. It's like a big weekend of like basically celebrating and playing basketball. So it is, wow. it is essentially a giant church league because, um, the churches do a lot of sponsoring for the stuff, but I'll, t I'll tell you right now, it's mainly about eating, drinking, and then playing basketball. I was just doing the eating and playing basketball at that point. I wasn't doing the, uh, the drinking so much. Yeah, I played in it from when I was in fourth grade all the way through my senior year in high school. Wow. So, okay, fourth grade through senior year of high school, None, just because you were extremely tall, none of those are legally drinking ages for this church no, event no. weekend that you participated in. I'm sure if it was back in Serbia, it would have been a lot cooler than it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut to it. What was it like growing up in Chicago and what part of Chicago? So we're from the South side. Uh, we're White Sox fans, like right where the White's, the Chicago White Sox play. Uh, the stadium is where my family grew up a couple blocks away. Mm -hmm. um, when my parents started having kids and moved out into the suburbs, which is what a lot of Chicago people do. So I grew up in the suburbs. Um, you know, Chicago's awesome. It's amazing. You know, that, that's where I spend my summers. Um, I spend it in downtown Chicago. Um, you know, it's just a really fast paced city and it's what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. It definitely toughens you up though. Uh, being a Midwest kid, you know, having those seasonal changes, you know, Chicago is cold. You know, I'm out in Phoenix right now and I feel like I'm spoiled because it's perfect weather minus it gets a little bit too hot here, but it's mm -hmm. perfect weather year round. So no, I, uh, Chicago will always have such a special place in my heart. What do you mean by it toughened you up? It, it's kind of hard to describe just the way Chicago people are, you know, just like what you deal with, what you deal with, with the weather, how cold it is, uh -huh. you know, just people's personalities, like they're, they're tough people. I'm a West Coast guy. So it grew up in Los Angeles. So you're always in a hurry, you know, and, and, and living here in Charlotte and then, you know, traveling to the East Coast, New York. You know, I'm always interested to hear how, you know, different people, what, what do they mean by, you know, tough as far as in Chicago? Because, you know, you know, if you go to New York, you know, there's some people in New York that can be pretty rude. But here, living here in the South, when you open the door for a lady or a, or, or a woman, 
in New York, they think he's trying to rob him, <laughs> right? So I'm, that's what I'm trying to I'm trying to picture how how when you say tough, what is what's tough Chicago style? The way everyone kind of fights for everything, you know what I mean? Um, everything's mm. in Chicago. Everything's a competition. Everything, no questions asked about it. Whether it's conversations, sports, you know, whatever you whatever you have, everything is essentially like a it's like a race to the finish line. You know, that's great when you're when you when you grow up playing basketball and playing sports, you know, having that competition, you know, pretty much everywhere you turn, you know, you yeah. can go play in a tournament in a league and anything anywhere. And it's really good competition, you know, and then on the outside, like personality wise, you know, it kind of really prepares you to go out into the world. And, you know, you kind of, for lack of a better word, you don't take shit from anybody. Just talking about you being from Chicago, you can tell the pride and, you know, you're a basketball player and there's a ton of successful basketball players, Dwayne Wade, Mark Aguirre, you know, Derek Rose. There's, there's a lot of these guys, as Steve talked about, you know, making you tough. How and did Frank also, Kaminsky, too. And Frank Kaminsky. But, but that's where I'm, I'm, I'm playing towards that. Like, you got a guy like you. How, how does Chicago even, translating that, when you talk about how Chicago toughens it up, how did that help you toughen up when it came to playing basketball and playing this AAU random Robin weekend drinking Serbian fest? um i always i'll go back a little bit further i always wanted to play basketball you know my dad played basketball overseas for a really long time um you know so basketball was kind of in my blood um it's what i grew up doing you know watching my dad play uh you know it was the first sport i ever started playing you know it was the first sport i fell in love with um but when you're in chicago and you hear all these names like you know, I can just remember, I, I watched Derrick Rose play pretty much all the way through high school and college and then get drafted by the Bulls. Um, you know, he was like an idol of mine. Mm. You know, you see all these great names that come out of Chicago and have played the sports. You know, I grew up, I was born in 1993, so I got to, and my aunt worked for the Bulls. So I got to see a lot of like, Michael Jordan was like my first memories. Were you geeking out over the last dance there? My uncle's in the documentary, so he's the... Ooh. Which one? My uncle was the guy that told Jerry Krause to trade for Dennis Rodman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my uncle's kind of responsible for some of that stuff. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Unc, what's Unc's name? You don't get that kind of behind-the-scenes access no. anywhere but cut to a podcast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you said that your dad played overseas. What did your mom do? Uh, my mom played volleyball, and now she's a teacher. She played volleyball at Northwestern. I think they won the Big Ten Championship twice while she was there. So she had a really successful career there, too. So athletics is basically my family. So how how are the family gatherings? Is Cornhole starting with a family fist fight? Everyone in my family is, like I said, extremely competitive. It's just like a Chicago thing. Like my dad still thinks he can – my dad's 65 now. He thinks he can still beat me in one-on-one. <laughs> and I think even if, he was in a wheel, even if he was in a wheelchair, he'd be saying the same exact thing. I still won't smoke. So are you, are you guys playing each other? Has has you tried that out yet? I won't do it. Uh, the last time I played him was in high school, and I beat him badly. And I told him I'm done. I'm done playing him. I don't want to play him anymore. I let him have it. He can have it. That didn't go well. No, it didn't go well, did it? No. I'm just like it's a competitive. Th- it's it's just a competitive thing. Like. My dad will always go around telling everyone he can still beat me in basketball, and I'll always be resentful. I'll always resent him for doing that. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I got a, I got an awesome relationship with my dad, so yeah. 
You're trying to keep it positive. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to keep it positive. <laughs> I don't want to call him delusional or anything, but uh, maybe I might be calling him delusional. I don't know. You have an awesome podcast, Pros and Joes. And there was something on there that you said that I, I, I want to ask you about because it really gave transparency of who you are. And you talked about how, why you try not to interact with people on social media a lot. But you said something that was a little bit of a nugget for me, which is you talked about how some of these, these grown men go on social media and talk about how a professional athlete is trash or, and you'll see yeah. that you know, this guy is, he's 26 years old or whatever, however old he is. And he has three kids and he's talking about Frank or whoever it is, you know, any, any basketball player, and he's and you're and you said, you know, hey, how about you go be a dad? And then you said something, your folks are um divorced, but they did the best they could and they instilled things into you that were really good. You know, my parents got divorced when I was really young. Um, I think I was in like third grade. And I got me, my older sister, and my younger sister. And at the time, you know, it was it was like so confusing because I was so young and like at that age, like especially in school, like people's parents aren't getting divorced where I'm from, like the schools we went to, you know, I, I grew up going to private schools and, you know, it felt like everyone had like kind of this perfect family life, you know, with their parents and everything. When I was really young, this is how I felt. And, you know, my home was kind of, we were like the family that everyone was kind of talking about, like parents getting divorced, like tough situation, like, How's it handling on the kids and everything? And, um, you know, it kind of becomes part of your identity growing up, you know, living in a home where, you know, both of your parents, you know, I'm living in my mom's house, you know, not seeing my dad as often as I wanted to. You know, it was just really difficult. Um, But sports kind of became the thing that where, no matter what was happening, you know, with our family and everything, Mm -hmm. everything kind of felt normal. Like both of our parents were there cheering us on. There was no fighting and arguing at sporting events. You know, my mom was coaching me in volleyball. My dad was coaching me in basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where everything just like felt comfortable and made sense. And you didn't have to deal with all the external problems and fights and arguing and everything that goes into that. So you know, that's why I've kind of thrust myself so far into into basketball, or at least I did when I was younger, because it was really the place where I felt like the most normal. Because wow. when you grow up in a house like that, where your parents can't stand each other, yeah, um, makes things a lot easier for you, takes a lot of the stress away. So, you know, obviously things are way better now. We're all yeah. grown up. We all have our own lives. Uh, me and my sisters um my parents got their own thing but um you know it's definitely definitely something that's been you know an identity of our family for a very long time well i appreciate you sharing that and Mm -hmm. also think one of the cool things is you said something too it sounds like you use back your dad was your coach so it was another way to steal some time with your dad always yeah absolutely so how much did your dad contribute to your basketball IQ? I mean, pretty much everything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was always, 
you know, my dad was always my coach, but he wasn't always like the head coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't like the, he always let other people coach me because, you know, he always felt that it was best that I deal with other people as opposed to just dealing with him all the time. Mm. And, you know, you know, now that I think about it, like I see a lot of people like their parents are always like defending them and like parents are always going to like coaches and saying like, why aren't you playing my kid more or anything? Yeah. But that wasn't, that wasn't the way my dad did it. My dad was like, you got to figure it out. Like, if you want to, if you want to play, you got to play better. If you want to do this, you got to do this better. So, mm-hmm. you know, my dad pretty much taught me everything, you know, in the sport and pretty much how to deal with all the problems that come with it. Cause you know, he had played basketball for so long, played overseas, played for in so many different situations, you know, whether good or bad. So he knew what it was like. And, you know, I'm really lucky I had that growing up. Because, you know, it wasn't always all rainbows and sunshine for me. You know, I had a lot of growing problems. I had a lot of maturity problems when I was a kid. Obviously, like I said, you know, when you grow up in a house like that, you kind of sometimes deal with maturity problems. Um, So it was just good to have him use sports as a way to teach me pretty much everything about life. I mean, we we often talk about sports being an outlet, right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter yeah. what side of Chicago you grew up on, South Side, Suburban, it, did, it didn't matter. Sports was literally an outlet for you. Why was that so important? Like I said, sports was my escape from everything. Um, you know, no matter what was going on, you know, family-wise, social-wise, you know, anything, any problem I ever had, you know, when I played basketball, they all just disappeared and you know, I got to just play the game that I loved. got to do something that I love, you know, whether it's for an hour or two hours, you know, going for an entire week somewhere to play in a week-long AAU tournament, you know, whatever it is, you know, you just get to escape from that. And now, like now that it's become like my career and, and what I do, basketball is still that same outlet for me today that it was when I was 14. So it's just become part of who I am and, you know, how I deal with a lot of problems. And, you know, I'm very, I'm very, very thankful that it's become that for me. Hey, Smitty, hold that thought. We got to take a break real quick. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm going through this currently with my one of my boys right now who is in the last year and a half or year has uh, basically grew about six inches. In the, fan, the Smith household, he's becoming the tallest of us all. I know all about that. How tall were you your freshman year in in, in high school? I was 6'2 my freshman year. Okay. 6'6 um, six, six by my sophomore year. Whoa. I left Whoa. high school at 6'10. Wow. And then I grew, I grew another two inches my freshman year in college. What position were you playing when you were 6'2 and you were a freshman? Uh, I was a guard when I first got into high school. <laughs> I left playing like, yeah. And then I went to playing, I went from like playing like a, a two to my sophomore year, I was the four. And then the last two years in high school, I was the center. And then that's the position I played all the way through college. And then, you know, when I got back to the NBA, now I'm back to playing the four, which has always been the most comfortable position. But, you know, Basketball's kind of changed in the sense that positions aren't really what they used to be. So you play basketball at Wisconsin. And in the first two, first two years, you averaged, <laughs> you averaged three points and 1.6 rebounds. Yep. <laughs> why? why wh what was going on there? Uh, well, when I got to college, I still had a lot of physical maturing to do. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't very strong. Um, I was skinny. I was still kind of growing into my body. Uh, but, um, there was an, op I thought I was going to redshirt like right when I got there. That's what honestly I thought was going to happen. But the coaches came to me and pretty much told me like, look, you have an opportunity to play. Um, it's not going to be much, but pretty much every game, you're going to get a couple minutes a game here and there. And that could be valuable experience for when it's your time to take over. And, you know, it was, I was essentially pretty much a backup for somebody who needed a break right before media timeouts. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, but I had so much maturing that I needed to do both physically and mentally to be able to um, like take the leap to becoming what I became in college. Like I always knew I had something inside of me, like like I knew I was going to be a good player in college. I didn't know which level I would take it to, but um, you know, that experience of having to fight for more and more and more as my career went on kind of made me hungry for when it was my opportunity. Junior year, you bust out. Blow up. Nowhere, out of nowhere. Three <laughs> point game against North Dakota. Tell me about that. Like you're, you're almost like you're, you're coming out party. Like you, you're breaking out. Tell us about that game. And then just, how did it feel leading into, and we'll get into your junior, your senior year, where I think people don't remember how 
awesome and amazing of a college basketball player you were, but, but talk about that 43 point game. You know, the first, I think we had like three games before my 43 point game. And I think I scored like, I want to say like 16 points in like three games. And I just wasn't, I just didn't like know my spots yet. Like I wasn't like truly comfortable. Like we had our year, like in college, you can go overseas and play like a, like an exhibition tour. And uh-huh. I had played really, really well in those games and was like the leading scorer on our team. But when the first three games of the season came along, you know, I kind of struggled to get comfortable. Um, and then I just remember before that North Dakota game, I was like, this is like, we're going to beat this team. Just go out there and just play loose and play free and see what happens pretty much. And then I just started, make, I just started like making everything. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It was just, that was like kind of the game where it all clicked in my mind that, you know, you are good. And, you know, when you play, like, you know how to play, this is what the result can be. That kind of gave me the confidence to like, keep going forward and wanting more. What, what kind of internal dialogue did you have that was holding you back? It wasn't that I wasn't playing well. See that see with basketball, like, Sometimes you get obsessed with like points and rebounds and, um, you know, assists and steals and blocks and all these things, but that's not always an indicator of if you're playing well or not. Like in our first three games, like our team played significantly better when I was on the floor versus when I was off the floor. So like I was, I was still playing well. I just wasn't scoring, Mm -hmm. but you know, my whole basketball life, I've been like kind of a scorer. So Um, you know, that's one thing for me that always, it it shouldn't be, you know, an indicator of, you know, in my mind of how well I'm playing versus like not, but it always will be. It's it's something I talked about with my dad too. I was just playing way too tense. Like I wasn't loose and playing free because, you know, when I just play free and don't overthink things, um, that's when I'm at my best. In those first couple of games, I was just like, I wanted to play so well because I wanted to fit two years of being a backup into basically three games as opposed to realizing it was going to be a long season and I was going to have my opportunity the whole year. How does March Madness, how does that impact kids today? You know, all my best memories are pretty much the NCAA tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it is the most, it's the most fun you can have playing college basketball. You know, it feels like it feels like that's when it feels like you become like a professional player. You know what I mean? Like when you're playing against, um, like you're playing in your conference schedule and everything, and you're playing against all these teams, like it's, it's fun and it's really, really great competition. And winning the big 10 championship is, was, you know, up there on the top of the list of accomplishments in college, but just nothing really compares to playing in the NCAA tournament, you know, just from, you know, the traveling, you know, the teams you play against, you know, being in a region, the tournament, the selection show, the games, you know, having your, basically your travel party, your family's there, just everything kind of, it just feel it's just an atmosphere that everyone wants to be a part of so badly. And then, you know, once you make it to the final four and you're playing in front of 60, 70,000 people in football arenas, that's when it's, that's when it's like, it just like hits you that this is like, this is like the peak of a lot of different things for you in your life. It's amazing. You were the ninth overall pick by the Charlotte Hornets. 
Take us through the drafting process for you being the ninth pick. So pretty much I played in the national championship game my senior year. So I'm in the last game of the season. So like some people, you know, just the way pre-draft workouts and pretty much I got back to campus and essentially left immediately to go train in Santa Barbara uh, for like, I think it was like six weeks before the draft happened. This is with an agent, agency, or is just just... I knew who I was going to sign with once the season was over. So pretty much right when I got done, I signed with my agency the next day. And like two days later, I was pretty much on a plane and out of there. Um, and when you get out there, you know, you're obviously you're training, you're going through workouts. Um, and then you start uh, workouts for teams pretty quickly after that. So I worked out, I think, for six teams because at that point you know pretty much you like there's no obviously there's no guarantee but you know like what your draft range is Mm -hmm. they give you essentially a draft grade yeah and mine was mine was lottery so um i knew i was going to go somewhere you know one to 15 so you you essentially start mapping out the teams you think you fit in best for and you start working out for them um, and I ended up working out for six teams, I think. Hmm. Did you work out for the Hornets? Yes and no. I didn't go to Charlotte, but agencies hold their big workout days. Like they have their days where all the teams come in and watch you work out. There were scouts or executives from all 30 teams in Santa Barbara when we held like our pro day for our agency. I knew Charlotte had a lot of interest, so there was really not a huge reason to go to Charlotte and work out for them. So. And then obviously they were the team that ended up drafting me, but they were at that workout in um, Santa Barbara and I knew they had a lot of interest from there. It's stressful at the same time. Cause like anything can happen. Like a team can have, I'm, it's the same, I'm sure it's the same with the NFL, but like a team can have a player in mind that if someone before them takes that player, it completely changes the whole draft from then on out. Draft night was, I, I mean, it was, I was losing it there for a little while. I just, (laughs) because you hear about trades and, you know, teams are trying to trade up, trade back. Um, You know, this team is saying they're going to take you at this spot, Mm -hmm. but then you never know if that's actually going to happen or not. There was just so many scenarios playing in my head and me, like the kind of person I am, I like just cut and dry straight to the point. I don't like the guessing game. And that was the biggest guessing game I was ever playing in my life. And I felt like I had no control when I got drafted and my name was finally called. It was like just a big, like breath, like finally, like a breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? Cause I had been so on edge for like a week. Cause like you're in New York for like five days leading up to the draft doing all this stuff. You're just kind of like on edge or just my personality type i was on edge like pretty much the whole time i was there just wanted to hear my name called and figure out where i was going to be going describe your relationship with basketball today basketball is everything for me um it's i don't want to say it's like who i am because there's so many different aspects of my life that make me who i am but um you know, I don't get the same amount of enjoyment out of like a lot of things that I do basketball. So, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm 27 now. I'm five years in. Um, I want to play this game for as long as I can. 
Um, I, I've always told like my friends and my family, like basketball, just like for me, you know how Vince Carter just played till he was 40 and 22, 22 yeah. years. Just, just, you know, that's going to be me. You know, it might not be in the NBA, but I'm going to be playing basketball until I physically can't anymore. Hmm. Like, that's just how much it means to me. Like, it's, it's taken away so many of the problems that I've ever had in my life and been like a, like, it, it has been an escape for me and it still is, like I said. So, you know, I want to keep that a part of my life for as long as I can. As I was listening to you talk, you said you're going to play as long as you possibly can. It sounded like another Kaminsky I know that's 65 years old. <laughs> I am my father's son. I'll say, I will say that. I will play basketball even if I'm hunched over and walking up and down the court. I'm still going to get out there and fire up a couple threes. So I like that. For me, playing football, I hated football at times. Mm -hmm. I, I literally, Frank, I hated Sometimes the competitiveness, I hated how it made me feel at times. I hated the fact that there's days I got up pretty pissed off. You hated the competitiveness. I hated the competitiveness because of what yeah. it, what I had to awaken inside of me. Mm -hmm. A lot of the childhood issues or things that I experienced at a young age that I don't believe young men should experience, but it was what God decided to hand in my path and it built calories and it built mm -hmm. a little bit of um, hardening of my heart. But in that, you know, the, the, the butterfly, the caterpillar, I, I, I awoke in with something that I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of today. Yeah. Is there times where you wake up, you know, upset at yourself or upset at basketball? Absolutely. I think if you love something enough, it frustrates you beyond anything that um, I think a lot of people can understand. Like you even touched on it. Like sometimes you got to be in such, whether it's a good or a bad mental place, um, whatever drives you or whatever motivates you. Sometimes everything that motivates me isn't positive things. A lot of it's negative stuff. Like, you know, way, either way I'm viewed, like the politics of the situation I'm in, you know, what, what, something that's going on in like my personal life, you know, all those things, like, it's not fun waking up and like going to play in a game when you know that you got to be pissed off about something to get yourself into a place where you feel like you can go out and like, you got something to prove. Like, that's not always the most fun thing in the world. You know, that aspect of it is very difficult at times because it just, it's like sometimes like it's a cloud over like your entire life. I can relate. You know, I also revel in that because, you know, like when you go in there and you got problems or you got something that's motivating you and you go out and you have a great game, mm -hmm. like the feeling of reward afterwards, like the, the freshness you feel or the relief that you feel, you know, that, that's something I live for. I know you were enjoying it. So was I. But we need to take a little time. We got to pay some bills, use a bathroom, and wash your hands. And we'll be back in a moment. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. 
Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're one of the most decorated college basketball players of all time, but you're still motivated by the small things. I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear from you what continues to motivate you and not just being drafted and being in the NBA, you're continually motivated day over day and not letting these accolades define you. The accolades are what they are. Um, you know, I've always said this, you know, they're, they're great. They're amazing. Um, I'm happy I accomplished them, but that's not what I've kind of set out for. The thing that motivates me, the driving factor in the back of my head is I want to win a championship. You know, the one thing in college that I didn't get to add to my resume was national champion. I went to the two final fours in a row, played in the national championship game and ended up losing both times. You know, I want to finish with a championship. I don't have one yet. That's something that motivates me daily. On cut tour, we have this thing we call deep three. How lonely is playing professional sports? Sometimes very lonely, you know, especially when you're on long road trips and, you know, you know, me, I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have fiance. I don't have a girl. Um, I just got one friend that lives with me. Um, you know, when you're far away from your family all the time, um, it's definitely difficult. Um, it can get very lonely, but, you know, I'm lucky in the sense that, you know, I have a lot of people that are always coming out, um, you know, come to games uh, hanging out, you know, my dad's close to retirement. Um, so that's something I'm looking forward to is, you know, soon my dad will be out here and then hopefully some of my family will follow wherever I am. So, you know, it, it can definitely get really lonely, Yeah. but you know, the lucky part of the money situation is you can afford to have people, you know, especially people that are important to you be there when you need them. Why is being authentic so important to you? You know, just being who you are is, you know, being unapologetically being yourself is something that's always been extremely important to me. 
I don't, I don't ever want to change into another person to appease someone. You know, I, I feel like at this point in my life, I am who I am. And if you don't like me and you go, if you don't get along with me, if, if we don't see eye to eye, that's just, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change who I am to make everyone happy because I just feel like at this point in life, you can't make every, you can't satisfy everyone. You can't please everyone. Um, you got to do what makes you happy and you comfortable and you to be able to live the life that you want to live. When you hang up those size 16s, what do you want people to say about Frank Kaminsky? Ooh. That's deep. That is a deep question. You know, that's 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 hard to answer at this point. Um, you know, I hope that one day that, you know, at least the people close to me, the people who truly know me and understand me, can sit there and say he got the most out of everything that was either given to him or he earned. Um, I think that's important because, um, you know, obviously everybody's dealt a different hand in life. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I was dealt the height and athletic abilities that I have. Um, you know, that's a God-given talent and I'm very thankful for it. And I feel like I've utilized it very well up until this point, but I want to make sure that, you know, every stage of success or every stage of, you know, what I've done in life, that I've handled it correctly. I think that's the most important, whether it's, you know, how I treat people, how I've given back, you know, how I've pushed myself forward in my career, how hard I've worked. I want to make sure that, you know, when it's all said and done, that can all look back and say that, I did the right thing at every step. I worked my hardest and I got the most out of the situation that I've been dealt. And, and I think, I hope other people perceive me as just, you know, a good guy who loved playing basketball. I think if everyone saw me that way, you know, I don't need really any other like gratification. You know, I hope I have that championship that I was talking about and I can add that to my resume, but, um, as long as people know that I'm a like a good person who just loves playing the game, that that's good enough for me. Was there a point in your life? You no. Would, can I finish the question, good Con sir? Continue. And from the top, was there a point in your life you were playing to escape, and what were you escaping from? <sighs> Sports helps you escape everything. You can unplug altogether. I don't care if life is good or bad. You, you, you get to be whatever you are dreaming about at that moment. You get to act it out in real life. That's why sports is so captivating. That's why sports is such an entertainment business that so many people, uh, so many sponsors, so many fans dump so many dollars mm -hmm. into it because I was always just trying to escape the fact of the matter is we were poor we were on section eight on food stamps mom was in some bad relationships and it reflected us and it impacted us every freaking day of the week so yeah i i thrived in sports sports was the only place that i can let my hair down and and, and press forward and kick and hit and run and jump in 
I wasn't being looked at the wrong way. And so I, I, I really love sports. I think sports is one of those places that you can be yourself for that moment. You can have dialogue and conversations in your head and no one gets to judge you. You can mm -hmm. even respond in a way at times that in real life is not appropriate, but in sports, it's called passion. Cut to it with Steve Smith Sr., that is me, is a production of Cut to It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut to It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi. Social media manager, Peyton Smith, from Balto Creative Media. Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter, with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht. Production manager, Sarah Pollock. Theme music by Alex Johnson. Lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.